0: Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Today you're listening to episode 46, and I'm talking with Liz Anchos. Liz is a musician. She is a 259 marathoner, and in this episode, we talk a lot about that 259 marathon. We talk about her music career. We also talk about her experience at the Grammys in 2015, which is super cool. This is a really fun conversation with Liz, and I'm super excited to share it with you guys. Before we get started, if you guys are regular listeners to the show, I would really appreciate it if you would rate and review the show on iTunes. It's the best way for new listeners to find us. And I'm sitting here with my sister, Erica. Hi, Erica. Hey, how's it going? Good. She just came by and gets to record my intro with me. Yeah,
1: I'm a huge, uh, you know, (laughs) I listen to every episode, so I hope you guys do too.
0: I'm a Patreon supporter. Oh, you are. Yes, you were one of my first ones. Yeah, I am. I told you you didn't have to do that though because I support
1: female entrepreneurs.
0: But I told you you didn't have to support my Patreon page because you're already like the person I come to with my questions. Yeah, but I want person. to
1: because I want it to do. Oh, and it and it is doing. Well. You do
0: listen though. Would you listen yeah, if course. I wasn't your sister? Do you think? I mean, you're yeah. like really faithful though.
1: I'm very picky about podcasts, so I, I am too. I would never, and I save yours. Like I'm like, oh, I have a long drive. I want to save it. Isn't that life
0: annoying life. though? Because I'm your sister, and you like know my quirks and like every weird thing that I do.
1: No, but there are little things that I <laughs> noticed about what you say because I know <laughs> how your brain works. But most people wouldn't know that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, our sponsor for this show today is Prep You guys want to save time, right? Eric- yes. Erica's like the busiest person I know, and she uses Prep Dish.
1: I do I do love prep dish because honestly like making dinner at night after when my husband and my son come home is just like so stressful. But if you have it already and you can just put it in the oven, then you're like,
0: oh, it's like magic. So are you guys Are you laughing at him? Yeah. Russell is making really loud baby noises that are kind of scary right now. I turned off his fan to like help with the sound on this intro and he obviously immediately woke up, and now he's he's working on something over there. Yeah. But anyway, you guys, prep dish. So Allison, the chef at Prep Dish, she gives you every single week in your email in your inbox. She gives you a list of your groceries, all your meals, how to prep them, all the good details. You do all that work on Sunday, and then your meals are ready for the entire week. And you and guys,
1: I like it because there's a paleo option, which paleo I and gluten free. Yeah, and I try to eat a lot of paleo. You know, since I'm a bitter and all oh boy. <laughs> no i'm just kidding but it is nice because it's low carb
0: right it's healthy and um yeah allison has all kinds of awesome ideas you guys follow prep dish you can follow them on twitter and instagram she has really pretty instagram feed it's much prettier than mine um if you guys go to prepdish.com slash another use promo code another all caps and get a free two-week trial right you're going to a concert tonight listen more i don't even know And lee Bryce.
1: Other no, songs, oh, "Small Town USA." Oh yeah, okay. I won't try to sing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're a country, but
1: they'll sing country covers, which is fun.
0: Oh, they'll do covers they'll do, like
1: Hank Jr. covers, or
0: they're like small you know. enough that they're willing to do covers. You know, well, like big bands are not. A lot gonna... of big bands do. Well, sometimes. that's true. Pearl Jam does. They'll just do,
1: they'll just throw one in there because people like it. So. That's
0: true. Pearl Jam always does "Rocking in the Free World."
1: Yeah, and so I'm going with my best friend. So even if it's a bad concert, it'll be fun.
0: Yeah, and you're getting a hotel. Yep, we're getting a hotel
1: all of us. Downtown. Kids. We're all getting hotel rooms so we don't have to worry about driving home and can just have fun. And it's across the street from the concert, so.
0: I'm super jealous, though, and I mentioned it to Glenn on the phone today, and he was like, Oh, you didn't get the invite? And I was like, Like, like I could go do that right now. We have three children, and our youngest is two and a half months. Like, you're going to be like, Yep, sure, go stay in a hotel for a night. Oh, come on, Glenn. Ho- He would. No, he would. He's really busy at work right now, but he would do it if... um, Just one night? Yeah. Well, I mean, he does the night shift with Russell every night anyway.
1: Yeah. It'll be fun, but, I mean, I just wish it was a band that I was, like, in love with,
0: but... way more exciting. Yeah. Are you guys gonna go get drinks first?
1: We're going out to dinner first. Where are you going?
0: Come on! There's so many more... It's just,
1: it's like in walking distance. It is close. That's why we're doing it, because it's easy.
0: You know how I feel about being obsessed with I guess Scotty's is pretty local, Scotty's though. Scotty's
1: is, like, my favorite place. I love Scotty's.
0: Yeah. I just like to try new and different, unique places. Well, so do
1: I, but it's just annoying to pick out.
0: Right, and Scotty's is right there, and and you know it's going to be good for sure. Hey, I think that's all I got for you. you want to do one of my bonus episodes with me? Yeah. Yeah? Sweet.
1: I have all kinds of grits to, <laughs> to tell your listeners.
0: <laughs> what book are you reading right now?
1: I am reading Present Not Perfect is not over perfect.
0: Shannon Nyquist.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Shauna Nyquist. Shawna Nyquist.
1: Yes, that's what I mean. But Actually, you're not loving it. I wrote a blog post about it yesterday.
0: I thought you weren't loving it. Love it. Doesn't she talk about yeah. how, like, you have to just kind of, like, rest and not always be on the hustle, but you're like, okay. Well, yeah,
1: my, my problem with this book and others is that women talk about, you need to chill out, don't hustle, but, like, the only reason they became full authors and owners of small businesses <laughs> is because they hustled when they had little kids. So you can't tell the rest of us not to do it when we're trying to be the same. So. Exactly.
0: I wrote a blog post about that. So, I wrote a blog
1: post about how I don't like people uh, down, like, putting down busyness. Because yeah. I want to be busy, and I enjoy hustling.
0: Right. I do, too. Like, it makes me feel accomplished. Exactly. So get off my back. I want to hustle. I was going to actually
1: mention you in the blog post, and then I was like, I don't want to say anything that, like... Sucks.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Russell's crying. We're going to wrap this intro up. Enjoy my conversation with Liz. Hey Liz. Hello. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Oh my gosh, I love your pink hair. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I was going to ask you if you had pink hair because of the name of your band. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I I definitely have in the past. And in fact, I have a little tube of pink hair dye in my bathroom right now. So I've definitely been thinking about it. I love it.
0: How How long ago did you switch from that?
2: Um, I did it off and on two years ago. My, um, I was doing a lot of touring with my band, especially during that year. So I was experimenting and doing some fun things with my hair. So yeah, that's the last time that I did it.
0: I just try to be a cool mom. So I'm like, I, if I have deep <laughs> hair, I'm way cooler this way. That's awesome. You are a cool mom. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking to Liz. How do you, how do you pronounce your last name? Andros. Andros. Okay. That's what I was saying in my head, but yeah. I wasn't sure. I have yeah. been listening to your music on Spotify for, like, the past 45 minutes as I kind of, like, prep for this. Oh, that's awesome. So, Liz, you're from, are you from Illinois, or you just went to college in Illinois?
2: I went to college in Illinois. I, um, I, I was actually born in Salem, Oregon, but I grew up in Pennsylvania, a little bit outside of Philadelphia.
0: Okay, so does your family still live in Pennsylvania? They do, yeah. Yeah, you- I was just there over the holidays. Yeah. So, okay, so you grew up with music though. So, do you want to kind yeah. of tell everybody Liz, you're from you were born in Oregon, you moved to Pennsylvania, then you're to school in Illinois. Tell me kind of like how you grew up with music and running and all that.
2: Yeah, so I grew up in a really musical family. Um my dad is a choir director and voice teacher um for the um in a um, high school choir, uh, and a church choir. And, um, and then my mom is a piano teacher, um, and a pianist. And my sister is a singer and she started a women's a cappella group in, um, Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. Um, so yeah, I grew up with music in the house. Um, I started taking piano lessons at the age of seven and that that's been my main instrument. I, am. Um, I've been playing all my life. I that was my my major in college was um, music with a piano performance emphasis, and and yeah, along the way I picked up a few more instruments. When you know, in fourth grade I took up flute and played through middle school, high school. Then in high school I got more interested in um, in playing in bands, so I took up guitar and bass and um, and learned a little bit of mandolin too, which I still really like to play and some violin as well, which the violin and mandolin have the same strings. So it was not easy, but, um, but I could kind of learn both simultaneously. That's
0: crazy. So would you say piano is still
2: your favorite?
0: Yeah. Piano is still my favorite. And I really like to sing too. So with piano, so I took piano lessons when I was a little girl, like I wasn't good or anything but you know when you're a little kid you just like kind of dabble in everything to see what you want to do. Do you feel like to be a pianist like does it come kind of naturally and then you know with hard work you get really good but when you started playing as a little girl were you like I have a natural gift for this?
2: I yeah you know I I don't even I don't know if I had a natural gift, but I definitely had a natural interest. And that that might have come from hearing my mom play and hearing students coming in the house and playing. But, um, But yeah, I initially started when I started playing, I just I would, you know, try to sound out notes from songs I liked. So I really liked the sound of music growing up. So I'd like go to the piano and find middle C and play like do what deer, a female deer <laughs> um, and then try to kind of figure out the notes after that. and i I think it was once I really started to show interest, this one of my parents, and, and I might I might have even asked for lessons. I think they wanted to be really sure that that's something that I wanted to do and not just something that like, oh, you should do this because it's what we do. and um, uh-huh. they wanted me to have that interest. so I did, and I wanted lessons and they signed me up and, and then, yeah, after that, um, I, I loved, I loved playing the piano and I always did, but I didn't always love practicing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that's always the hard, I feel like that's the hard part with everything. It's fun to play, but it's, um, the discipline of practicing was hard. And I definitely needed some help with that, um, growing up. And like, once I did, kind of commit to taking lessons, my parents did make sure that I was committing to practicing. So um, without the practice, I never would have progressed. So
0: now did your mom teach you lessons? She didn't. I,
2: she right away signed me up with a, another piano teacher. And I I think it was just, I, I think she was anticipating that it might be hard. Mm -hmm. Um, for With, like, you know, we already have that mother-daughter relationship, totally. but maybe having another, a different, like, teacher slash authority figure might, I think that just made it a little easier.
0: Yeah, you're going to get annoyed with your mom when, like, you can't get something <laughs> right, and you can't yell at your piano teacher, but you might be right. <laughs> yelling at your mom. Yeah, so,
2: I might talk back to my mom, but not my piano teacher. So. Right.
0: So you started <laughs> running when you were 14. So, you're like, running and music really intersects in your life a lot started running when you were 14. So you, you ran all through high school? Yeah, I ran cross country all through high school. I ran track a little
2: bit, but I, I didn't, I wasn't as into the shorter distances. I really liked cross country. Um, so yeah, I started running when I was 14. Um, my, I, I was starting at a new high school and it was the high school that my dad was teaching at. And, um, and, and, he was encouraging me to sign up for some kind of sport, and I've never been good at sports. But, um, but you know, in middle school, they once a year had us do these fitness tests, and my you know, eighth grade year, we did a mile time trial, and I actually like did okay. And so my dad was like, "Oh, maybe you should go out for cross country." So, um, so that's where that started, and then yeah, I ran all through high school.
0: But then when you went to school, you were college, you were thinking you wanted to focus more on music.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, I so yeah, going into my freshman year, I like I was interested in cross-country and I had even um talked with the coach a little bit, but I think I I got, you know, I'm starting this whole new thing, going to college for the first time, and I was worried about being overwhelmed by Taking on so many things with school and then with practicing piano um, and just all the other things going on. So I ultimately decided not to run, I think just because I was scared. And um, I continued to run a little bit on my own through college. Um, and, you know, I, I would always see the cross-country team out there like they'd all be running together out on their group run or I'd see them out um just like doing their drills out on the field in the middle of campus and I'd always feel like oh I wish I were out there with them and I spent three years feeling like that before I finally um just it I just I wanted so badly to do it so I finally went back to the coach and um it was the spring of my junior year and I um expressed to him that I really wanted to run with the team. And, you know, I didn't know what his response was going to be, but um, but he said something like, I was wondering when you'd come around. And, <laughs> and um, so that made me feel really good. And then I joined the team my senior year, and it was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made. And it definitely changed my life from then on. Um, it was the first time I had really applied myself with running and, you know, I took things away from running with that team that I still do today. Like I was out on the track this morning and I'm still doing all my same little warm-up drills that I did with. And yeah, that kind of sparked my whole, I guess like now, and you know, lifelong interest in running and running competitively.
0: Are you still friends with some of the girls from the team?
2: I am. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I made some really good friends through that team. Um, sadly, um, none of us live very close Aww. together. Um, but yeah, I have, um, one friend that lives in Alaska now and we've, um, we, we were really close when we both lived in Illinois. Um, and we, and we've been able to visit each other a couple times and then, um, but yeah, I don't, I haven't had a reunion with my other teammates since then. So yeah. And it's been, it's been a little what, while. 10, 10 years? Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just about. Yeah, I graduated in '07, so um yeah, it's been 10 years and I was able to run one more year after that. Um I started a masters program in teaching, so I still had some eligibility, so I ran until let's see
0: 2008. But yeah, about 10 years. So then after after college, okay, so you ran your first marathon in 2009. Yeah. And that was the 317 in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> okay, got it. That's really fast for your first marathon. Oh, thank you. Were you, um, like, do you think that you kind of, you know, a lot of people, run. they're like, oh, I'm going to run my first marathon. I just want to finish. You know, do you think you were retraining competitively? Like, I don't just want to finish a marathon. I want to finish it well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely running with that. Yeah. Like wanting to run a certain time. Um, I forget. I don't even know where I came up with the number for whatever reason, I had 310 in my head. I think it might have been, I was looking at the Boston qualifying times. And I I think at the time, the men's qualifying time was 310. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to run a 310. <laughs> like, I don't know. So, um, so I kind of had that number in my head. And I just trained on my own. Like, I don't remember if I had a certain, I, th- I think I just kind of made up my own plan. Like I, um, I don't even, I, was, <laughs> I don't even remember what I did. I remember doing all my long runs on the trail. So I built up my long run. I did, um, I think maybe, you know, 20 or 22 miles and I would run parts of the course because it was, you know, I had that home city advantage, but yeah, I was, I put a lot of pressure on myself for whatever reason to run that certain time. And, um, I, so i
0: what pace is that i gosh, it's gotta be like seven thirty right yeah, yeah seven twenty five seven thirty I think like yeah
2: yeah, something like that, and I you know, I think I was on pace for a good way, then I hit the wall around miles uh, seventeen or eighteen, and it was a struggle bus to the finish, and I you know crossed the line at three seventeen and I I was happy to finish my first marathon, but I this seems silly now, but I was really disappointed with myself at the time because I was so focused on running that 310. And, you know, there were the the first couple of weeks after running that I was just so upset and I even cried about it. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't I it took me a long time, not a long time, but you know, a few months to really reflect on it and think like, wow, I did that. Like that was great. Like I should be really happy with that. And so, yeah, I, so when I think back to that, and when I, you know, it, if I'm approached for advice on first marathons, I always say like not to fixate on a certain time, like think, you know, train, train as well as you can, but, um, but yeah, don't get so focused on numbers, focus on how you feel and the experience and, just get one under your belt and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I think that's good advice. I think it's like, you know, you can have an idea in your head. Like, I think physically I can do between a 310 and a 320 or whatever, you know, you were mm-hmm. in shape for then. But to have your heart set on like this one specific time, it's so hard yeah. in your first marathon because you've never ran 26 miles.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. And it's like, how do you come up with it? I mean, like, yeah, you can like maybe put your number, like a half marathon, in a calculator and put. It. It's right. like, why, why would I even, yeah, fixate on that certain number? Like, it's okay.
0: It's... Yeah, but you were so yeah. close. I mean, that's an aggressive goal for your first marathon, but like, it's not like you were that far away from it, and you were on track for a lot of the race. Um, how many marathons have you ran?
2: Oh, I was trying to figure this out. I think I, I was guessing. And I was like, Oh, I think I've run maybe like one every year, but I I haven't even, I think I've run six or seven. I, I ran Portland and then I had qualified for Boston with that time. So I ran Boston as my second. And then let's see. I, so I, the, the year that the, the, bombings happened in Boston. I was following along from home. I was just, I was watching friends race and, um, and just kind of like, yeah, being a spectator at my computer. And then, um, yeah, when, you know, when the, the bombs went off and the news kind of spread that it was really terrifying. Um, knowing that a a lot of people I really cared about were there and, and just the fact that it so directly hit you know the running community which is i mean really quite it's big but at the same time it's quite mm-hmm. small you know i still like a lot of us runners are very connected so that i mean it just um it really hit close to home it was really scary and um and i just remember i you know i don't know when but i remember really feeling like i wanted to be at boston that next year in 2014. So, um, and I, I didn't have a qualifying time. So I, that summer, I, my goal was to qualify for Boston. So I ran Vancouver USA marathon, which is in Washington. That was my third. So, and then I ran Boston in 2014. That was my fourth. And then, and then I ran Philly that year, ran my PR. That was number five. And Okay, so I've run seven. So I ran um Berlin the next year in twenty fifteen. And then most recently I ran the Chicago Marathon in 2016.
0: So when you ran Portland, no, yeah. I keep getting this mixed up. <laughs> when you ran Philly yeah. and you ran the two fifty nine, what was your goal to go sub three? Was that your main goal?
2: Yeah, that that was my big goal. And um yeah, so I definitely, I mean, I trained specifically for that. I, I actually started working with, um, with, so I had worked with a couple of different coaches in Portland. Um, but I, I started working with my now current coach, Greg that year in 2014. And we just made a few tweaks to my schedule. We did a lot of practicing at marathon pace. Um, and, and a few more things, but um, but yeah, what, whatever those changes were, they they really worked, and he helps me uh, reach that goal.
0: It's so crazy. I have a goal of breaking three hours one day, too, and it's like coming across the finish line in exactly 2.59. What was it, like 2.59.20 <laughs> or something like that?
2: Yeah, 2.59.27. I mean, are you, yeah,
0: like, coming think- in the last mile, like, I literally have 30 seconds to spare, like, I have to, <laughs> you know, or did you have in your head that were you training for 259 or were you kind of like trying to hit 257? I, so I, I mean, I was really just training for that
2: three hours and it's so funny. You know how I, you know, I think my, like myself and a lot of runners, like we get caught up in numbers and I remember like kind of having, like I knew what my splits needed to be at every mile and every mile I was coming in, you know, toward the end, I was coming in a little bit under. So I was like, okay, great. I'm right on time. I have all this time. And it's funny because even, you know, I crossed the line and 250, like I I knew like a few miles to the finish that I was going to do it and that it was going to happen. Like I was well under my pace. But then when you think about it, that well under that, like that is such a a relative term because to me, I'm like, oh, I'm 30 seconds under pace. I'm killing it. But then when you look at the clock and see like 2.59.27, when my goal was to break three hours, like just those 33 seconds at the time, that seemed like so much time. But now when I see those numbers, I'm like, man, I was really cutting it close.
0: Right. And it's like, gosh, (laughs) even if you run a 2.59.27 or like a three hours in like two second marathon, It's essentially the same marathon time, but, like, to have that two yeah. on the clock is so important, you know, right. if you're wanting to break sub three. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's that – I had to feel so good. So um, how many miles did you peek out at when you were training for that? Um Like, lo- long run or – Well, just, or like, weekly. When you weather? were, like, peeking out weekly. with your total weekly mileage.
2: Oh, and he's like, pull up my Strava. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I – I, uh, I think
2: maybe seventy or seventy-five, okay. Som- okay. something around that. Yeah. Now, did you do cross training? I, I didn't do a, t- uh, not really. No.
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you're running seventy-five miles a week, how much time do you really have to like go cross train, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's like something. I'm like, oh, I, sh- I should be cross training, but, um, I, but yeah, I, I usually take a day off. Yeah. Totally per week um but yeah the rest was was running
0: I kind of feel like if you're running 75 miles a week you're getting the cardiovascular benefits you need for running and if your body can handle that mileage yeah well, you, you probably don't really need cross training right like you don't need that extra cardio and if you're because like I personally am a little bit injury prone like have plantar fasciitis mm-hmm. issues so like I use cross trains. like okay I would be running if my body could hold up running this extra day but instead I'm gonna hop on the bike you know yeah, definitely. So, what about strength training? Did you do any strength training?
2: So, at at the time I was training for Philly. Oh, actually, okay, I should back up. So, but in two thousand fourteen, so Philadelphia Marathon was in November, and and I was actually on tour with my band through a lot of that the training leading up to the race. So, I I think it was maybe through the from the end of September through. Um, mid-November, and the the tour ended maybe a week before the race. So I I was on the road. I I wasn't technically cross training, but when I think back to that time, I was like, oh, actually, I I was like dancing around on a stage for totally. like an hour every night, <laughs> and um, you know, that wasn't necessarily like that. That's not an intentional training thing. But sometimes I look back on that and wonder if I was getting a benefit from that i you know i i don't know definitely um, adding
0: to your fitness <laughs> yeah
2: you were sitting on the couch for that hour <laughs> i know yeah yeah and even, yeah even if it wasn't necessarily i wasn't like you know my heart rate wasn't at 140 or whatever but i i was just generally more active on tour than i i would have been at home and you know every day we we're um like loading in and loading out and as you know like picking up gear and bringing it from the, the van into the venue. And, um, so yeah, my, it, even though it wasn't technically training, I was very active and I think there was something to be there. There's something to be
0: said about that. Totally. Yeah. So I want to talk about your band. When you graduated college, you moved to Portland to pursue your music career, right? Yes. Yeah. So when, okay. You have a band, Pink Feathers. Your husband has a band. Is it? Do you say RAC or do you say Rack?
2: Yeah, RAC. didn't okay. say it either way, but yeah, P- that's R-A-C. what he
0: says. Okay, so yeah. when did you meet your husband?
2: I met my husband Andre in college, and yeah, so I, I was actually in in my own band at the time. We hadn't met. I was the lead singer of the band, and Andre, that he he does remixes for other bands and he was even doing it back then. I I mean, he just did it for fun. Like he'd enter remix contests and, (laughs) um, and he also was helping a few bands on campus produce their albums and things like that. But, but I just remembered like this guy, Andre wanted to do a remix of our band, and I didn't even have direct communication with him in the beginning. Like he had reached out to like one of the other guys in the band and, um, but he like took the files of like one of our recordings. He basically kept my vocal, but changed all of the he took all the music from the original song and got rid of it and then like just completely redid the music under the the original vocal. And and I just remember really liking it and thinking like, oh, this is really good. Like who is this guy? I need to meet him. <laughs> and um, and I think I just emailed him and said, Hey, I really like your remix, you know like, have you heard of this band, Lady Tron? I think you'd really like them. And then we just like, started kind of like emailing back and forth and talking to music. And then emailing led to hanging out, led to dating. Led to... So that's how we met. And, um, and, you know, we had similar musical tastes. And um, he and our other friend Carl and some other guys, like they had started a band called the pragmatic and they invited me to join that band so um and it was kind of funny we were just this uh, four, I want to say for we f- like a four-piece band with three of us playing nothing but synthesizers so if you think of the stage like there were three of us in the front just like with this wall of stacks of keyboards, synthesizers, and then we had a, a drummer playing with us. So it was just this kind of like nerdy synth band. <laughs> and, um, um, and, and that was a lot of fun. And we um, kept playing together. We wanted to continue playing together after college. So that's kind of what sparked the move to Portland. We were just ready to leave our small college town. We were all from all, all different parts of the U.S., but we wanted to move to a city together. And at the time, Portland just kind of made sense I didn't know a ton about the city, but at the time, not, not so much anymore, but at the time it was a good like affordable place oh. <laughs> for like artists <laughs> to move it's it's been changing a lot so yeah but um but yeah, we all moved out here together to kind of keep doing that and uh I don't know I ironically, I don't know if this is ironically, but ironically, the band kind of fizzled out and broke up like right after we moved to Portland <laughs> but um. But we've all kind of continued to pursue our own musical things. So, um, you know, Carl, who moved out here with the band, and, um, like, he's continued to um, his own, like, singer-songwriter project. And Andre, it, it was kind of right around that time or a little before that he started the concept of RAC, which was kind of expanding on the remixing that he had always been doing and then adding original music into that. And so RAC continued to grow, and that's always been Andre's project. And then I started Pink Feathers, um, which is my own music project, which is mainly a recording project, but I've also played live with that too. And then, sorry, this is a, a bit long winded, but, <laughs> but um going back to RAC, it turned, I, um, Andre started to write original music, not just doing remixes with RAC. So he started writing his own music and wrote his first album. He got signed to a a label and, and then with that formed a live band so that he could take the show on the road. So that's kind of where I come in with RAC. I play with the live band. And when I say like, Oh, I was on tour with my band. Like that was, I was with RAC and and then Carl, our friend that I mentioned earlier, who has his own, you know, songwriting stuff too, he is also a part of RAC now too. So So is it um, you, Andre, and Carl? It it's us and then um and then too, we have um a a another a drummer from Los Angeles, Jeff, and then Troop, a singer. Um he was from Austin, he was in L A N L. But so we're a little bit from all over, but but going from the the pragmatic which was that synthesizer band in Greenville <laughs> to Portland um that like me Andre and Carl were part of that so it's like we've all kind of like there's been kind of an ebb and flow but we've been working together and continuing to play music together for a long time
0: so you do vocals for RAC too don't you
2: I do yeah so um so if you go you know look up RAC on Spotify or iTunes oh, I was jamming out to it Oh nice. nice. <laughs> there is um there's a song that we wrote together called 17 and okay. that I'm singing on that song and then when we play live so with with the I'm backing up a little bit with if you, you know, the, if you listen to RAC, the recordings there's actually a different vocalist on almost every track like he he'll invite vocalists to sing on each song so um which is uh, you, you know pretty unique he doesn't have the same singer on each Mm -hmm. song but when we play live we can't you know bring these 12 Mm -hmm. or however many singers with us on tour so um so any song that has a female vocalist I will sing that song live so I when I'm in the band I'm I'm singing I'm taking the lead on the songs with the female vocals
0: so you and you and your husband Andre wrote this song 17 together We did. Yeah. Oh, that's
2: cute. Do you guys
0: like to write together?
2: We do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, And it's funny just the way we work. Like we, despite living in the same house and like having a studio, we still, we're, we're kind of private in the sense of how we write. Um, so yeah, we won't necessarily sit down and write a song together but he'll come up with maybe some kind of instrumental idea and, and send it to me. Like he'll email it to me and then then I'll take my time and listen to it. And, you know, maybe sit down at the piano or, um, or just spend some time with it and I'll come up with a vocal part for it that I'm happy with. And then I'll show it to him and, um, and then we might work together on some ideas, and then I will re- record the vocal part on my own, and then send it back to him. And then we'll kind of give each other notes and and do it that way.
0: <laughs> do you guys have a studio outside of your home?
2: Um, no, we have just a, we have a a studio. It's just in our home we have a what would be the the master bedroom in our apartment is actually the studio okay and and it's funny our we have a spare room and we that's our bedroom so like we the priority
0: is like right yeah and then we have this like little dinky room that we sleep in so (laughs) your I mean your main thing that you're doing every day is music and is that his main thing too
2: yeah that that's his main thing yeah um for
0: both of us, yeah. Before we continue my conversation with Liz, I want to thank PrepDish for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. You guys want to save time. I know you do. And you can do that if you use Dish. Allison puts together a grocery list for you and plans healthy, delicious meals. You guys go to PrepDish.com slash another to get a free two-week trial. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Lindsay Hine. Tweet Dish at PrepDish and let them know what you think. Gonna love the service prepdish.com slash another promo code another off caps. So you guys played at Coachella. We did. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: How did <laughs> it that was come about? Pretty nuts. It was good. It was a crazy experience. Um so yeah that was in the spring of 2015 and it was by far the largest audience we had ever played for. And and not so not only was it the lar- largest audience in the sense of the people there at the festival I I forget the numbers off the top of my head but I oh I't like eight thousand 10,000 just this like sea of people like in you know looking up at us which was a, a really surreal experience um, but then the part that I I just couldn't even think about while we were up there was that Coachella live streams the the festival so there were just you know people all around the world tuning in to the the live stream and I think it was on radio too so it yeah it was just kind of surreal and unbelievable and um and yeah I just tried to have fun and (laughs) and enjoy it um yeah,
0: it, what a platform! It was a really cool though, experience. like, did yeah, you feel like absolutely. did you guys see momentum pick up after that with just interest in your music on Spotify and iTunes and and whatnot?
2: Um, yeah, absolutely. It it was kind of funny. This is, <laughs> um, you know, the concert went well. I think um people really enjoyed it, but it was just for f- fun. I think it was the first weekend of Coachella, so we're we're all kind of like game of thrones fans and we were thinking like oh this is so funny like we have uh, on the same day of our concert is the like it was like the premiere of (laughs) game of thrones that night we're like oh man we're gonna miss game of thrones shoot (laughs) (laughs) and as a a tribute to that we just for fun a a live version of the intro song to game of thrones (laughs) and um and we had a guest trumpet player spencer ludwig um he he plays in the band capital cities but um oh, yeah. but he took the lead and played the main theme on his trumpet and of all the things that we did that was the song that made the headlines like there was like a news article about it oh, that's and so cool. day, so, like, like coachella band plays game of thrones <laughs> so, whose genius <laughs> idea was it i i don't i It might have been mine. (laughs) Because I think we were just, we had a practice and I was just messing around on the piano and I started playing the song. Then everyone joined in and then we were like, oh my gosh, we should do this at the show.
0: (laughs) And we did it. So, yeah. So then when you played, you also played Webster Hall in New York City and that sold out. What, I don't, tell me about that. I don't even know. I probably should know what Webster Hall is, but I don't. Oh, I, so I mean... Webster Hall, we, we've played there a couple
2: times, but it's just this really neat, like historic, um, building and theater that, um, that a lot of artists have gone through and played mm-hmm. at and it, yeah, I, you know, I don't even like myself know all of the, the history behind it necessarily, but, um, but we've played there a few times and it's always just been a special place and it was, um, and it's, I think, okay, I'm, I'm, backing up a little bit, but, but so the first tour that we ever played, or that, that we ever did as the band RAC, we weren't really sure how to approach playing with a live band, when all of the recorded songs had various vocalists were mm-hmm. like, well, if we sing them ourselves, are we just, are we gonna seem like a cover band? And we, we wanted to stay, I guess, authentic and true to the music. So instead of singing everything like we do now, we actually had recordings of the original vocals playing through the, like the system, the speakers as we were playing the instruments live. And it kind of worked. Like it was almost like this DJ splash live mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. hybrid, but we felt like we were missing something. Like when you're, when you don't have a vocalist on the stage singing the songs, I mean, the, the, that vocalist is the one that is out there kind of like connecting with the audience and, and we were missing that. And so the second tour we went on, we decided like, Oh, okay. Like, let's try live vocals. Let's see how people respond to it. Um, and it ended up going really well. And when I think to Webster Hall, that was one of, i hopefully I'm getting my facts right, but that was one of our first shows with us providing the live vocals. So it was a little bit nerve wracking for us. And then here we are, here we, there we were in front of this vague audience doing essentially what was kind of an experiment to see how people loved it. So it was a little nerve wracking, but, um, but the show we, I mean, it went great and it kind of solidified our sense of like, okay, this is definitely the direction we're going, um, or that we should be going. And I think that was kind of a point that took our, um, that took our show to that next level,
0: I guess. So when you were there, were you touring with another band? Were you opening for a band?
2: We, so we were the headlining band and uh, hopefully I'm again, I'm like, Oh, fact checking. But I'm, I'm pretty sure we were touring with um, a duo called the Knox at the time. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and they're awesome. They're New York based. Um, and they, um, have a similar kind of setup and like they're, it's almost like a DJ slash live hybrid and, where, um, like they, they have kind of like an electronic setup, but they're playing real instruments mm. as like playing the bass and play and singing and doing all that as well. So they were a good group to
0: tour with. So what's the genre of music? Like, what do you call your genre? Oh,
2: with RAC, electronic pop, indie okay. pop, electronic pop. Yeah.
0: Okay. Your husband was nominated for a Grammy in 2015. He was. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what song yeah. was that for?
2: that was for a song called say my name um so it, it's or rather a remix of say my name by the group odessa okay um so that yeah so he was nominated in the remix category for that song
0: i yeah. you know when you watch the grammys on tv i you feel like i feel like you know the main the singer gets all the glory and you don't you know what I mean you don't and you don't see all the awards being presented um and whatnot what's that like to be behind the scenes and kind of understand more about it rather than you know me sitting on my couch seeing Adele get (laughs) 9,000 awards yeah
2: yeah well I so the the Grammys that you see on TV I so of the there are many different award categories I I want to say, I mean, there has to be over a hundred, but when you're watching the the televised ceremony, I think they present maybe ten mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. awards, and they're usually like they're in the very pop, like in the pop mute, like best album, best artist, and it's very like pop focused. Um, but in the 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 remix category and many other categories, they there is a whole separate ceremony for those that takes place. Earlier in the day, mm-hmm. um, and it's a it's a much it's a different feel, I guess, than the main ceremony. So the main ceremony is like a big concert with like a few awards in between. Right. But then, <laughs> the um the the award ceremony that's earlier in the day. And they they do have performances, but at the same time, there are a lot of awards to Hand out, and it's for everything. I mean, I think there's like best, um, uh, I don't even know. Like, I mean, there's a lot of like production related awards and maybe like best audio book reading or best. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Like there are all kinds of, uh, and like obscure genres as well. So they are just kind of speeding through these awards and all through the ceremony, there are people like walking in people leaving and, and, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little more relaxed. So, um, so yeah, when I think back to that day, so we started getting ready for the, it was, it was like getting ready for prom or something like we were, Uh we saw like nine 30, we had the makeup artist come in and like, um, just at like our little Airbnb and we, you know, we got ready, got dressed up. I think we were out the door by 11, made it to the, red carpet by noon and that was for me that was probably the most fun part totally. it was the most dark-wracking yes. but also the most fun walking the red carpet it, it was so fun like we had our this um like once we got closer to the front of the line we basically had like an, an assistant assigned to us where they take our names and write it down on a whiteboard and kind of show us where to go they say like okay so Um, so you, you'll see these X's on the carpet, there are five, so walk to the X and then pose, then walk to the next (laughs) X. And meanwhile, the whole time this person with the whiteboard is standing to the side of us. So the photographers will like, know (laughs) like who they're photographing or who they're photographing and, and be able to save it for their records. But yeah, I was, I just remember I was shaking. I was so nervous, but at the same time, just to walk that carpet and have all like just this swarm of maybe like 20 cameras at a time, just like taking picture after picture. It was, it was definitely a rush. Like I would imagine it would be like maybe how a, like a model feels walking down mm-hmm. the runway, just like this rush. So, um, so that was really fun. And then immediately we went to that, the, the kind of pre-ceremony with all of the many awards. And I think it was only maybe, 10 or 15 minutes after we had sat down that they had already gotten to Andre's award. So we oh were thinking gosh. like, Man, it's a good thing. Like we got here cause we almost missed it. And, um, and it was funny cause there's all this buildup to that day, but they just, they went through the category so quickly and they got to the remix category announced the winner and it, it wasn't Andre, <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> it, you know, it was sad we were happy to be there, but, um, oh, right. but it was just like, Oh, okay, i it's done right <laughs> There it is so, I, so we we hung out for a little bit after that, but then, you know, I think it was only one o'clock in the afternoon, and then you have the whole you know ceremony still that evening, so we just kind of spent the afternoon in within the vicinity of this it was like where the staples center is, and they there are a bunch of other little venues in that area, so. We just kind of like hung out and people watched because there are just people everywhere. Like there are reporters, there are people dressed to the nines, there are super fans everywhere. At one point, Justin Bieber walked by, surrounded by like oh, bodyguards and fans. But we heard this kind of, I, I don't want to say like a rumble, but it was like this <laughs> We're like, okay, something's happening. What is happening? There there, like, people screaming and the swarm of people kind of walking toward us? Then we realized, like, oh, oh, my gosh, it's Justin Bieber. But then we – I, like, I mean, I almost got decked out by someone walking by. Like, I got pushed over, and it was just, like – I think that was the most up-close fan frenzy we had ever seen in person.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine, like, if that's – I mean – I'm, he has to have bodyguards like that everywhere he goes. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so crazy. I, yeah, I can't imagine. I want to know, what did you wear?
2: I wore
0: um,
2: a, it was a black off-shoulder dress by the um, the, it, the French brand Carvin. Okay. Um, yeah,
0: and. Um, how did you find it? Like, I mean, I wouldn't even know how to go about <laughs> dressing myself. For an event like this. That's insane. I yeah.
2: I don't even know. I was like, what do people do? How does this work? And, um, and there, there's a, a local boutique in Portland um, called Francis May. I really love them. They, um, they, they make really beautiful clothing and I'll, I'll maybe allow myself to purchase maybe like one thing per year or something <laughs> from them. Um, but I, I reached out to them and you know, I've been a customer of theirs and I, I reached out to them and, um, and just said, Hey, like my husband and that, you know, we're in a band together. He got nominated for a Grammy and we're going to the awards. Like, would you, is would you be open to outfitting me? Or would you, so, so I kind of reached out to them and they were kind enough to oblige. And they, um, they picked out a few dresses okay. that they, they were, that they would there that they thought would be like grammy appropriate which i don't even know what that is but, <laughs> um, but i think things that like they that they would like and then they they let me like come in and try them on and um and yeah it was definitely one of those cinderella moments because it's like how like when when else would i be wearing
0: a dress like this like right what so so are you born, um, did you borrow the dress or did they actually give you the dress they they gave me the dress oh that was so nice
2: was really really sweet they definitely didn't have to do that but, but I mean they're yeah. getting,
0: they're getting like people are asking you what you're wearing so it's really promotion for them I mean I'm here I am asking you right now now people are going to look up Francis <laughs> May Boutique, right yeah, absolutely I, I hope so yeah because yeah, yeah. so, you know you always see that's like the people on TV, they always ask them, What are you wearing? Blah, blah, blah. I know. It's like, that's the main question. It's like, you know, and all these people have, you know, their huge, what do you call it? Their design team or whatever.
2: I know, I know. Yeah. It, yeah. I can't even imagine. Like, I would, they
0: probably have like the whole
2: oh, yeah. store or maybe they have something custom made or I don't even know totally. how that works. Yeah.
0: What about your husband? What did he, how did, how do men figure out what to wear?
2: <laughs> he so he wore a suit that um now I'm I'm being bad because I'm not giving the correct I, I don't remember the yeah the designer or the brand but they um this designer or brand I I think they let him b- borrow a suit and if he liked it he could like. Yes. Purchase it, or I yeah something like that.
0: So, do you think that anybody that is going to the Grammys as an attendee, someone who's been nominated, or you know their date or whatever, is anybody actually outfitting themselves?
2: I would imagine so. Yeah, I yeah, and I don't, and I mean, I. So it for me, and I, I wasn't even, you know, I'm not, I wasn't nominated, I was a guest, but even for me, like it feels. But your husband to me, was. It feels, <laughs> like, to, he yeah he yeah, but it it does feel odd or it feels strange to just be like, Hey, like want to give me a dress and like, not, you know, for all of every category, it's like, yes, like everyone knows who Tiller Swift is, but you know, not everyone's gonna know this like long list of performers. So I, I think part of it's just up to the, the artists and what they're comfortable with, like maybe their approach or maybe they feel comfortable approaching what the company you know I I don't know I I guess it's different for everybody
0: now you guys stayed so then you stayed for like the whatever the party at the end the concert as you say yeah, yeah. what was your what was the highlight of that for you oh
2: that I mean there were so many good performances and it, it was just really neat to see all all of these like pop singers up close and see them perform in real life. Because, you know, I've seen the music videos and I've heard the recordings, but I think what really struck me is that just how talented they are and just, I, I, it really blew me away. Like, it's not a mistake that they made it to where they are. And I think, like, the, the bigger somebody gets, the, more, the easier it is to criticize them. And I, you know, um, Adele performed... She was amazing, but there was, and I, I, didn't even realize, but you know, people were tuning into oh, the, I, remember that. I think there was a problem with like, there was a mic hitting a piano string mm-hmm. and I think it was affecting the way she could hear herself. And I mean, I, from where I was sitting, I, it probably was different from the, what maybe what people were hearing on TV to what I was hearing. But, um, I, I guess I I couldn't believe how much backlash there was on that performance because to me it was amazing. And, you know, no, no singer out there is perfect. And it's not that the performance has to be perfect to be good. It was just, it was her presence and she has an amazing voice. And even, even like maybe there are like tiny flaws. I think that's just what makes it that more enjoyable and real so that so yeah I don't know how someone like Adele or anyone else um anyone that's in the spotlight like that when they're so amazing how they can deal with critique like that Mm -hmm. like how much more can you want of a singer (laughs) so that yeah that's I guess that's what I really took away from it I think it's and even from my standpoint I it's easy to pick apart people that are maybe at the very very top but um but yeah it was just really cool to see them in their
0: element and yeah well it's like the Taylor Swift song mean you know that song I oh, I don't. I love that song so much. Basically that song is she performed it at the Grammys like a few years ago. I don't know how long ago, but it's basically like her calling out her haters, like that it, say that she can't actually sing and um it's I love that song so much and um and it's funny because the first time I heard that song I was like Ooh, I always said, like, Taylor Swift doesn't even have that great of a voice. And then she's calling out people for saying <laughs> she can't sing. Um, so, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I know. I've definitely, like,
2: said things just like not even giving it a thought, like, oh, they're, they're all right. Or, yeah. Like,
0: not. But, yeah, you don't think about how, like, how like things. A, yeah, things like, like that with that. someone like her, I'm always like, you know, like Mariah Carey. She has an amazing voice, like she's mm-hmm. Christina Aguilera, whatever. And then I was like, well, mm-hmm. how, how did Taylor Swift get so big? Well, it's her presence. It's it's not just about her voice. It's everything else she does, um, right? But speaking of that, just since you brought up the Adele thing, I wanted to ask you: Did you hear about uh, Mariah Carey on New Year's Eve?
2: I did. Yeah. I saw the
0: I what? saw the video. So yeah. I was actually watching it, and I was like, Is something going on right now? Like she can't hear what's going on, or whatever. But then I was like, whatever. It's Mariah Carey. Like she doesn't have anything to prove. Like everybody knows Mariah Carey can sing.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I know that, that was really, it was really hard to watch and I really felt for her Mm -hmm. and I really, you know, I couldn't help. Like I, you know, went and found her tweet that said something like, um, you know, s word have I don't know (laughs) like that things happen oh yeah Um, yeah. you could say shit happens (laughs) yeah yeah okay shit happens and um and I you know clicked on the tweet to because I was just like oh I wonder like what people are saying and I was reading through the replies and some of them were just like we love you Mariah but others were like just so mean (laughs) I was like these people have no idea and you know when I was watching that like yes it was It made me cringe to watch it, but I wasn't think uh I wasn't thinking what a bad singer Mariah is. Like she you know, there was clearly something going on. She couldn't hear herself. And, you know, some of the critique I heard was like, well, she could just like take out her in ears and and listen to what's around her. But you know, I I think about when I'm just in a small venue, we we use in-ear monitors as well. So we don't have monitors, uh, at least many monitors on the stage facing us, because what what we need to hear is in our ears. But if I were to take those in-ear monitors out and try to sing just with the feedback of what's going out into the room, it would be terrible. Like would, um, <laughs> Like you, what you hear is like sound that has, it's like traveling to the back of the room and bouncing back. And it's not it's not the same. And I mean, if you imagine when you hear an ambulance coming from far away, like the pitch changes as it gets closer to you. And, and then it changes again, as it gets farther away. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know all the scientific theory behind that, but, um, that like sound changes when it travels and it's going to sound different when it's bouncing off of a bunch of buildings in times square versus if it were, coming through your monitors properly so that yeah I just I felt so bad when I read just like all of the things saying like oh well she should be able to handle it or she's Mariah she should and I was like you know she did everything she could and made the best of it and that's you know it stinks that that happens like when it's live and on tv in front of this big audience but you just do the best you can <laughs>
0: Somebody said she refused to do sound check or something.
2: Yeah i uh, I read that, and then that you know I don't I don't who know who knows happened. though. Right? Like she was there. I, I, so I don't know. It could have they could have been under prepared. It it could have been that too. Right? But.
0: Yeah. It's interesting to think about. It's like, well, she's Mariah Carey. I feel like she can do whatever she wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> um. So when you guys go on tour. I mean, you're running. This is why you're testing out Amanda's app, FastZack. Like when you're go, yeah. when you guys go on tour, you're running in the, all the all of these new cities, and you don't know where to go. And what does that look like? You just get somewhere, and you're like, "All right, I got to run twenty miles. Where am I going to go?"
2: Yeah, that can be hard to figure out sometimes. Like it's you know, um, I will do a couple things. Like I'll you know, I'll just check the map and maybe like on my phone and just kind of try to get a lay of the land. And I'm always worried about it getting lost. So oftentimes I will start from wherever our bus is and just run out for as long as I need to. And then just mm. turn around and come straight back. Cause I'm always, I'm worried if I make a bunch of turns, I'll
0: get lost. Oh,
2: Totally. Yeah. Um, More more
0: than two turns. I'm done. (laughs) I know. I know. Same.
2: Um, and I, in my head, I always think of everything as a grid, but more often than not, it's not a simple grid and roads will curve and change. And I will just, when I'm actually on the road running, I won't even think about it. So I just don't trust myself to like really keep track of where I am unless I have my phone with me, which I don't always love taking it with me. Um, yeah. And you know, there are certain cities like Chicago I'm like okay I know I can go to the lake and run along a path forever and come back and Washington DC I you know I did a long run there on one of our tours and I found a similar I forget if it's like some waterside like riverside path that went out and back for a long time but yeah otherwise I I'm just kind of in the dark I'll actually pull up crime maps <laughs> cuz it's like I don't yeah. know parts of the city are safe. Like, I don't know where I should go. I don't know where I should avoid. So I'll just like, look at the crime maps and see like, where <laughs> the least crime is, which is like kind of silly. But I mean, at the same time, I'm just running by myself without having a clue where to go. So I'll use something like that as a resource. But anyway, um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't been on a tour yet since using Faststack, Amanda's app, but I've already used it in, Portland, and it's you know even though I live in Portland, I do the same routes every day, and so I pulled I used the app just, uh, you know I want to run eight miles and lived it in, and it took me on a totally different route. Oh, cool! And it was really nice. Like I saw, I just ran by a lot of things I wouldn't normally, or a lot of like different neighborhoods I wouldn't necessarily think to run in. Cause you know, I, I live in the Northwest. I kind of, I'm like, okay, well I live in the Northwest, so I'll just run in the Northwest. Like I get in this mindset of just kind of sticking to my little area where really, I mean, it's like half a mile to get across a bridge and into another part of the city. And yeah, so I, I like the app for just kind of changing up my routine. And then I used it on a recent trip in Charleston. I was there over the holidays, and I kind of looked up a few um, things that I wanted to see. And on the on the app in Fastac, you can plug in. I want to go to. It'll give you a list of choices of nearby landmarks. And like, okay, I want to go to the waterfront park. And so I typed that in, and said I wanted to run, you know, six miles. And it created a great route that took me to waterfront park and made a nice little loop back to my, the house I was staying in. So instead of doing my boring vacation out and back, <laughs> I go on this like interesting running route. So yeah.
0: All right, everybody, before I continue my conversation with Liz, I want to thank now foods for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Use the plant protein complex for post run smoothies. I love it so much. It's the creamy vanilla that is my go-to pretty much every time we get home from the gym, even if it's not a hard workout. I make that as kind of like a meal replacement. So what I do is I put a scoop of the creamy vanilla plant protein complex and I do a little bit of milk, some frozen blueberries, a peanut butter, and um, what am I missing? Oh, a banana. That's my go-to post-workout um, little mini meal and I love it so much. The flavor is really good and it's really good for you their ingredients are awesome. Now Foods is offering listeners of the podcast a 25% discount off of your full purchase, which is huge. You go to now-2-u.com and enter code SAVE25% sign. So S-A-V-E 25% sign. And that's in all caps. I do you want to tell you other than their plant protein, they also have natural foods, pet health, beauty and health products, supplements. My mom gets all of her supplements from now foods, and they also have essential oils. I use the cheer up buttercup every morning and I use the lavender before bed. All right. Thanks again. Now foods for sponsoring this episode of the podcast now dash ucom dash com. enter code save 25 percent sign. It'll all be in the show notes. Are you a morning, or are you an evening, or afternoon runner? Like, what is your day? What does your day to day look like?
2: I like running late morning or okay. late afternoon. I I'm a morning person, but I like my mornings to like drink my coffee mm-hmm. and like read a little bit while I have breakfast and like catch up on email and just kind of like have my morning time. Um, so, so I'll usually like take care of anything I need to in the early morning, and then go out for my run mid-morning.
0: Like um, 9 or 10? Yeah. Is that mid-morning?
2: Yeah. Or um, or sometimes I'll run in the, like, around, I like running before dinner, too, so maybe around, like, 4 o'clock if I yeah. run in the afternoon.
0: Yeah. I'm the same way. I see pictures of people who go run at, like, 5 in the morning, and sometimes I'm like, that would be so nice to get it done that early. Mm-hmm. But I am just not – I want to move slow. I know. I need to wake up. I need right to when the, I get up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll move to some of our fun and stuff. What's the best advice you've ever been given? The but
2: So it took me some time to think about this because I was like, well, what? what is the best advice? I was like, oh, I mean, consistency is key. Like, that's, I mean, like, yeah, that's good advice. But I'm like, I don't even remember who said that because everyone says that. Um, so I was thinking back and, um, and it, it came to me this morning that the best advice I've been given was by my high school coach Dana Gaiman um he pulled me aside the it was like right before senior year cross country and he basically told me to be a leader like that the advice was be a leader and for lesser or better or worse terms but um I think what he was getting at behind that, he, <clears throat> my first three years of running in high school, like I, I did it for fun and which is which you should, you should always you should do it for fun in high school. And, mm-hmm. but I was, I would always do the bare minimum. I would never run on the weekends. And, you know, I know probably every high schooler is, our high school runner has done this at some point, but, you know, they'd be like, okay, kids, like go run for 60 minutes. We're like, okay. And then we'd run off like into the woods or run to the donut shop and, you know, hang out for 45 minutes and run back <laughs> to school be like, oh yeah, we ran. <laughs> and like, you, you think the coaches don't know, but they know, like, mm-hmm. they know what you're up to. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah, you know, I don't want you run, like, just don't just go like running off into the woods and say you ran like actually get your runs in and like set a good example for the the younger runners and you know you're a senior now like and I, I think I was the only senior girl on the team that year so um, so I you know after that talk I, I really took that to heart and I you know, I, I wanted to set a good example, but I feel like in doing that, I was holding myself to a higher standard, like knowing that others were looking up to me and, um, and I, I had my best year ever. Like, I think I knocked maybe two or three minutes off my 5k PR. Like I actually ran in <laughs> That's <a lot>. and <laughs> And like, I actually ran on the weekends and, um, it, it just, I think like, not just running for myself, but, but running because I was part of something had a really big impact on me. And it still does, you know, I'm not still, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. I run on my own, you know, I, I run on the, um, on the Wazell team and I have a good crew in Portland that I run with, but I guess that mindset, I just feel like that's helped me to hold myself to a higher standard when you look at running as something greater than yourself
0: isn't that yeah. interesting how much those things that coaches in high school stick with you for the rest <laughs> of your life yeah I mean I kid you not this morning I um, I ran longer yesterday for me right now and um, this morning so today I was like I'm gonna swim but I said but if mm-hmm. I get to the Y and there's a yoga class going on like I'm gonna do yoga because um, I really it'd be really good for me right now to do some yoga And I'm trying to implement that once a week. But then I said, then after the class, I was like, I told myself I was going to swim, though. And I'm trying to swim twice a week. And even if I just get in the pool and swim 10 laps, like, consistency Mm -hmm. is important. And I'm seriously, like, taking a shower after my uh, swim, thinking about my high school cross-country coach telling us that consistency is more important (laughs) than, like, one long distance. You know, like, running five days a week is more important than running once a week for 10 miles. And I'm like... It's so funny that you bring up your high school coach, because I'm like, I was literally thinking about advice for my high school coach today, and I'm 33. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, definitely.
2: And it's like, little do they know. Like, they, I mean, like, yes, they mean what they say, and it's important, but they might not be thinking like, oh, this is going to carry on however many years from now. Yeah, they're going to be thinking yeah.
0: that when they have, like, kids, and they're they've been an adult for 10 years. What's the best, most recent book you've ever, you've recently read? Ooh, so I'm almost finished right now
2: with this book called The Way of the Runner. Um, one of my friends m- got it for me for Christmas, but it's by, I have it right here. It's um, by, I might mess up this name, um, but um, Adharanand Finn, he is the guy that wrote, um, I think it's called Running with the Kenyans, which I i hadn't read that, but I've, I feel like that there was a, like I've heard a lot about that book. Like he went to Kenya and ran with the runners and, um, talked about it, but now this guy, um, he went to Japan to kind of learn more about, um, why they run running is a super popular sport in Japan, but, um, I don't, it's not necessarily like, not everyone knows that. And, um, part of the reason is that they get really into these relays called, um, and it's like really, um, competitive and high school and university. And uh, like, if you're a runner in Japan, like you, um, I mean, this is just what I'm getting from this book, but you're running to be like the, the, um, part of the greatest Ekaden team. And, and unlike, um, a lot of other countries, the, the focus on like the ultimate pinnacle of running isn't necessarily the Olympics or the world championships, but it's these, team running relays so it's just kind of an interesting look into that world and the guy that wrote the book um he's um he's from the uk but he uprooted his (laughs) family like he has i think two kids um he and his wife and two kids like they moved to japan to uh, look into this world of running but also kind of integrate themselves into japanese culture so it's just a really interesting book Do you read a lot? I, I read a a fair amount. I, you know, I, 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 um, Goodreads. Mm -hmm. There's like an app for Mm -hmm. uh, like, you can log the books you read. Oh, I I think I, yeah, they like, they, um, it's like a, a social reading app, but you can set these goals for yourself every year. Like I want to read X amount of books. And I think I set a goal of 20 last year and I, I did it. And then I was like, okay, this year I'm going to read 30 books. And I think I read like 10.
0: (laughs) What (laughs) is it about reading that we feel like we're, I mean, I love reading too, but like, we feel like we're accomplishing so much. I don't know. I just feel like I'm doing something valuable with my time when I read, even, even if I get halfway through a book and I don't like it, I'm like, well, I have to finish it. Like I want to read it, you know? I know. I know. Is this this is it the... You see that? Wait. Oh yeah, that's that, it. That one. Okay. I'm yeah, gonna,
2: yeah. I'm gonna download yeah, it. Yeah, right you
0: should now. get it. Yeah, I <laughs> totally want to. Um, what am I reading right now? Oh my gosh, why can't I think? Oh, I'm reading the Jodi Picoult book. You, oh, nice. Yeah, uh, I yeah, read okay. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. I just like to read a book that is just, but it's actually pretty deep. I mean, it's like, um, it's talking about like modern racism. I guess is that how you would say it. Mm. Um, it's, it's a good book so far. I'm probably like 25% in, but that's why I love her books because she just, I feel like I'm invested in the characters within the first 10 minutes of reading. And so I don't have to put a lot of time in to get invested. And so, you know, um, so you said you're a Game of Thrones fan. Are you guys watching anything else right now?
2: (laughs) Oh, um, yeah. Big Game of Thrones fan. And I, so I just finished, there's a, a new series out called Westworld. Oh, have my husband's that
0: really one? into. It. I I have not, but my husband's really into it.
2: Yeah, it, it's really good. I mean, I think like yes, it is kind of in that sci-fi mm-hmm. genre, but it's a really good story with really good characters. I yeah, I would highly recommend it. I I really really liked it. Um, the the actress in it. Oh, I'm for Rachel. I, I'm forgetting her her last name. um, but yeah, she was just phenomenal, and yeah, I, I won't give anything away, but there, there was just one point with her character that like really resonated with me, and and, and I even like related it to running. Um, I, yeah, I'm like, oh, I want to like talk about it, but oh, I, also I don't mean- want to give anything <laughs> away. But um, but it was a really moving. Um, show, and I, yeah, I would highly recommend it. Now
0: you're making me want to watch it, but I, I don't think I, I don't know, my, I think my husband said he didn't think I would like it, because I'm not into <laughs> sci-fi, but now you're making me want to watch it.
2: I, yeah, I would give it a chance. Okay. Give it, I, even just one episode. He probably I, I think you'll it Yeah, it's the kind of thing that, like, yeah, I would definitely rewatch it, because there are some surprises in the show, like, toward the end, and then you think, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, you know, and then you want to, like, watch it again and see how like knowing what you know at the end of the show, then watching it again. It's that, and then you can like pick up on all the details that you didn't notice the first time. Yeah. So I, I bet he'd watch it with you. Again. I bet he
0: would. He's rewatching <laughs> Breaking Bad for the third time. The third time? He's not, wow. he's not afraid to rewatch. Well, he rewatched it a second time. He watched it with me because I didn't watch it the first time. So he was like mm-hmm. all on board when I said I would watch it. <laughs> Now yeah. he's rewatching it again and he's like, it's so much better now because you know it's gonna happen and then you can think about like, Oh, this totally makes sense why this is happening now because this is gonna happen later. And I'm like, Yeah, but doesn't but you feel like you he... know everything. Like I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, like wasn't that the experience you had the second time? Right. <laughs> I know. I I guess he's un, I guess he's unraveling even more that he yeah. didn't see. Oh, that's awesome. um, which have you did you ever watch Breaking Bad? I did. Yeah. yeah and you know, I,
2: I really liked it. And I even attempted watching it a as sec- like the whole series a second time, but I couldn't do it. Like I yeah. love the show, but it is pretty slow moving at times. And it I just is.
0: can't, I can't handle it. The episode with the fly, man. I don't know if you remember that episode, but I remember that. Yes. And I was like, this episode is never going to end. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing with books. Like I don't reread books because I'm like, there's got to be so many other amazing books out there. I can't possibly waste time rereading something I've already read. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, I know. If you could have coffee or cocktail with anyone in the world, who would it be?
2: I am going to say Conan O'Brien. Oh, I like that answer. <laughs> That's such
0: a great answer. It's a yeah. fun one.
2: Yeah. I just, I really love Conan. Um. I, yeah, I started watching his late night show in college and I was, you know, I just liked it because it was funny because he's a funny guy. But then the more I've watched the show over the years, I just, he's just really good at what he does. And I am just fascinated watching him work. Like I, yeah, I don't know. He has this ability to, I mean, it would be, I would love to get a cocktail with him because he's just a good conversationalist, but he has this way of like, if, um, like, with carrying on a conversation, if it's, you know, if, if it's not going anywhere, he'll be quick to kind of, like, fix it and make it funny uh-huh. or change the subject or just do something or, or like, he'll take a really awkward moment and just, like, make it even more awkward. And hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just really like him. And I, I even, I, I found a quote by him that I just wanted to read because... Okay. I just thought it was really great. He said this. Um, this was from his very last show as the Tonight Show host, which didn't last long. He got this great gig as replacing Jay Leno as the uh-huh. Tonight Show. And they kind of, it was this big saying, they kind of backtracked and like it wasn't getting great ratings. Then Jay w- Leno wanted his show back. So they kicked Conan back into the late night spot. But he didn't want that. And anyway, so it was just this whole big thing. He, um, and it, this, In his final show, you know, I think people were expecting like, oh, he must be so bitter. But he kind of closed the show by saying, all I ask is one thing. And I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen.
0: Oh, I love like, that. that last line. Yeah, that so good. Along those lines, it's got me thinking. Like, what? Where do you see yourself in five years with your music and your running? Like, what are your? You know, because we're every day we're working hard. Like every day I'm working hard at this podcast. Like, what are my end so- goals? Like, what are your goals with your music and your running?
2: Yeah. Um. So with music. I'll, I'll kind of tackle that one first. So I, I love music. It's always going to be part of my life. It is part of my life right now. And, um, you know, I I see myself, I continuing to play with, uh, playing the band with RAC and, you know, that, that's not, it's likely not something we're going to be doing forever, but I think for at least the next few years. Um, and then I, with Pink Feathers, I've, really enjoyed, um, you know, I've loved the process of writing and recording and it brings me a lot of joy and it's opened up some really cool doors. And I, um, and I have plans to, uh, to release. I, um, I have this project that's kind of in the works right now that you'll see the first glimmers of in the spring. I'm I'm coming out with a new EP and it's actually called spring and it's coming out in the spring. And I'm really excited Sounds about really it. Sounds really refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of the next thing I have going on with that. But yeah, I've, I don't know, just like, I think with it being the, you know, the end of the year coming to a close and a new one beginning, I've been thinking of like, what do I want to do with my life? Right. Like, where am I going? And this year has been a, a little bit transformative as far as like what role running plays in my life. I've always you know, I have like big personal goals with running and I'm still, you know, trying to run as competitively as I can. But, um, but even running has opened up some doors that I, I don't know that I was necessarily, um, like things in the running world have, it's almost like they've fallen in my lap. Like I've always had my, my running blog just as a way to like, put stuff you know if I have a a thought or I want to do a little race report I'll put it on my blog um and that that's just been a personal thing but even in the past few months or maybe half year or something I feel like more and more people like I've had people come up to me like like friends or acquaintances and be like oh like you know I I don't, I'm like, oh, no one reads my blog. Like you know, I won't like post something and get a million comments or anything. I'll maybe get like one or two. But they'll be like, Oh, I read your blog about that race. And I really like the part that you said about this. And I'm like, wait, you oh, you read that Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I you know, I don't know. I think like that i've I've always enjoyed writing and just kind of like hearing that getting that encouragement and knowing that people are reading it and getting something out of it. Um, you know, I'm not like, oh, I'm going to have a career in writing, but it's, it's just kind of made me think like, oh, I should like maybe just try to make it a more, just be more regular and like keep putting thoughts out there. So I've been a little more actively doing that in the past year. And I want to kind of continue on with that. And then, um, I've been coaching a few runners for, uh, like the past, I, I've been coaching runners for maybe five, five or six years, but, you know, one or two at a time maybe. Um, but it's always something I've really enjoyed. And I was like, well, I'm just going to, like, put a little tab on my website this as I do this, like, just so it's there, like, if if people want help um, or want, yeah, anything. And, and even just, uh, you know, I'm not, like, actively, like, oh, like, I – like I'm, I'm not necessarily advertising it, but just right. putting it there, and um, and like I've had a few people reach out, and then suddenly like, oh, I have, like I'm coaching six people now, and I really like it, and it's really fun, and like that has kind of started to, um, uh, blossom, and so yeah, I you know I don't have a a definite answer of what the future is bringing, but I kind of feel myself more and more getting involved, like, a little more on the, the running side. And and I have some kind of um, plans in the works for how to get more involved in the the local running community in Portland this year. Um, and, you know, I'll have some... I I can't say anything now, but okay. I've had some exciting announcements coming out about that, too. So, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of, like, not coming to a, a close with music, but I feel like I'm yeah, kind of in this, like, okay, like, I, I've always wanted to, like, be a musician, I've always wanted to be in a band, and I feel like, okay, like, I've, I'm, you know, I've done that, I'm doing it, it's really fun, but, like, what else is out there, so.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> does your, does your husband run? No. Okay. I, that's a common theme. I feel like a lot of the people I talk to on this podcast, they run, but their husbands don't. Yeah. Um, do you run with Krista? Oh, yeah, Krista, yeah. Yeah, I used to coach her. I coached her through a couple marathons, actually. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I knew she moved out there. And then um, when I was, like, kind of researching you for this interview a little bit, well, actually, to be honest, my husband was sitting on the couch looking through your Twitter. He was like, she, tre- <laughs> she tweets with Krista at one of their buddies. And I'm like, well, probably, because they both run for Wazelle. She's- I
2: see Krista once a week at, um. well, we have, like, a weekly group run on um, Tuesdays it's on oh it's on it's early Wednesday okay Wednesday (laughs) yeah
0: yeah (laughs) I was um, trying to think back to her last schedule like I knew she had like a group run that she did
2: (laughs) yeah yeah it's early Wednesday we usually carpool together Krista and I and then yeah for for a bit this winter I she also she swims at least once a week Uh so I joined her a few times and like went to the gym with her we went swimming together she's uh, I well I call it quote unquote swimming. In my case, she actually swims. I just kind of like pool run and wait around, but, but I, but
0: I go with her. Hey, you know what? Swimming is so good. It's so nice to your body. She has potential to run so fast. I know. Yeah. She, she is running fast. She, I, well, she is running fast. You're correct. Yeah. But like, yeah, the sky's the limit. Like she's just going to keep getting faster. Yeah. Like, I mean, she's just going to keep chipping away. Um, And she's so young, I think. I don't know how young she yeah. is, but I feel like she's young. No, yeah. but you're right. She is already fast. I shouldn't have said it like that.
2: Oh, no, I wasn't. I wasn't even saying that. To like, oh, no, she is already fast. No, I, but I mean, she's going to keep getting oh, faster yeah. and faster, and it's really exciting to see that.
0: Exactly. It's like, yeah. I love it when people have only ran like a couple marathons, and you're already seeing their time chip away, and it's like, you have no idea with like a couple more years of experience what you're capable mm-hmm. of.
2: It's so yeah. much.
0: Speaking of uh, Krista and Wazelle, though, tell me about the spandos.
2: Oh, the spandos. <laughs> I, I mean,
0: like, yeah. I love how they look. Yeah,
2: I love the spandos. So, um, yeah, spandos, they, I mean, so it's, like, basically a hot pant bottom, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, short spandex. And they, they have kind of, like, a high-waisted vintage waistline mm-hmm. look and then, like, a, a matching top. I have a couple... I have two patterns in this bandos. One is they're yellow with, um, just like big, it's like a print of flowers and fruit (laughs) all over them, like oranges. And then I have another that is, what's it called? I forget the name of the print. To me, it's like a, a dark kind of like midnight color with a bunch of, um, polka dots all over it almost reminds me of like blurry city lights Mm. um yeah but yeah they're just fun I wore my first set of spandos in a race in the Oregon wine country half marathon and I don't I just thought they were fun and but I yeah I wore them for the race and I it was just so funny seeing people's response to them like like just, cause you know, you don't, it's just not really something you expect to see somebody wearing. So I, yeah, I just, I got a lot of comments on, from racers, like, you know, uh, you know, other participants of the race and then spectators just saying like, oh, I love your outfit. And I feel like just running by, like, I, like I'd get smiles out of right. people just because it, it's just like a fun print that like makes people smile. And what does
0: yeah. the how how do the bottoms go? I mean are they a little bit longer than underwear or are they like how long are they they i mean they're pretty short I so feel like like they, is it like a brief then at the bottom it's yeah, it, like
2: it's um, I would say like a a boy short, okay, um yeah, so they're still i mean they're shorts, but they're like really short <laughs> shorts and um and they are also pretty high waisted. Um, so they're, it's like, yes, they're short, but they're not like, they don't ride really low or anything.
0: And well, I, I like noticed that, the high waisted. I mean, yeah. Like yeah. I, cause I, I was saying I can't, so I, when I'm in shape, like I will run in a sports bra and like shorts, but just, yeah. you know, like regular running shorts, but I can't run. i I never look fit enough to me to feel comfortable wearing a sports bra on like spandex. But the spandos mm. go up over your pooch if you have a pooch. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, I think I could do that because it like kind of hides that a little. It's like you know, high waisted. Everything is in right now, really.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I think that's why I like running in them so much because I yeah, it's like it's like yes, they're short, but I it's like they, you know, I'm a runner. I like my legs, but um, but I don't have to. I feel like when I, like when I run in them, I don't have to worry about. Uh, you know, and this is just t- totally, like, personal, like, my personal right. how I feel about myself, but, um, um, but, you know, I don't like to necessarily worry about, yeah, like, what's happening, like, midway <laughs> during a run, so, yeah, and I, I feel like the spandos just have a really flattering silhouette, and, um, and, yeah, and I kind of, like, And and yes, like high waisted is in, and I also it kind of reminds me of like vintage Mm -hmm. swims from the 50s or yeah. So yeah, it's
0: yeah you should try them on. Yeah. Um, So what's hot in your life right now? Do you have anything to recommend to our listeners?
2: Ooh, okay. So I, (laughs) it was only about a year ago that I started listening to podcasts Oh, and, and I think I had always had this thing like, like who, like who has time to listen to podcasts? They're so long. And I, I had never like actually listened to one before. Um, but I think, you know, I got started in the, um, what's the really popular, like the murderers. Um, Care not crime? that one. No. Oh, cereal. No. Serial, Yeah. So, cause everyone was like, oh, cereal. So I started listening to that and my yeah, questions of when do you find time to listen to a podcast? I was like, actually you can listen to a podcast oh. all the time. Like when right. you're driving, when you're cooking, when you're doing the laundry, when you're, <laughs> so I, at, that got me hooked. And so when, yeah, for what's hot in my life right now, I was like, oh, I could talk about, um, like I, I, I'm like all in on podcasts right now. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm really happy to have discovered yours through a video, and yeah, some of my other favorites. I really like House of Run with Jason Halpin and Kevin Sully. Okay, they they kind of do a deep dive into what like whatever is going on in the professional track and field road racing circuit. Um, they go once a week. Um, I really like Run to the Top with Oh yeah, Tina. With
0: Tina yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and Through Runners Connect, um, and I also so even though it's no longer, um, going, I really like running on ohm oh, with yeah. there's just a great archive there of all kinds of, um, in-depth conversations, um, with a lot of really cool people. Um, my favorite interviews that she's done have been with Bobby Gibb, the first woman to run I, Boston.
0: I listened to that one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. And, um, and she also interviewed Zach Miller, he's like an ultra trail runner, but it was just really interesting to hear his story about how he trains. He used to work on a cruise liner or like a cruise ship, and he would train by running up and down the steps of the cruise ship, oh and then God. he'd also they, you know, they would dock in all kinds of places around the world, like Norway, and I and I don't even know where else, but he would just get off the ship and like find a mountain, run up the mountain, run back, get on the ship by the time it was leaving again. Um, So yeah, I feel like this past year, like a whole world of, yeah, conversations and interviews and um, yeah, goings on in the running world that I would not have any idea about otherwise. So
0: yeah. Yeah, that's the thing about podcasts. It's like reading. I feel like I'm accomplishing something when I listen to it, you know? Me too. Yeah, I love it so much. I I have podcasts going all the time and my kids are probably going to end up hating me for it, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's just white noise by now <laughs> I know it is yeah. totally who's your who's your music inspiration like who do you look up to as an artist Ooh,
2: um let me think oh it's it's hard to choose one one that just uh, comes to mind immediately is Shirley Manson she's the lead singer of the band Garbage they're like 90s like okay pop band um but I, I mean, I really liked her growing up. They were one of the first fans that I had ever listened to that they were, they, that they were like a female fronted alternative fans. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And like, um, and like, she's such a badass and like, she's such a, like a good singer. And, and then she was one of the first people or, you know, this is like back in the late 90s but like you know bands were kind of for just starting to have websites and like an online presence oh, totally, like that was yeah. just kind of like becoming a thing and she was one of the first singers out there to have a personal blog and I just remember really enjoying reading her blog and she would even talk about how she ran and I thought that was so cool that she was a singer and she ran and oh, then, yeah. Like, yeah so I, that was just like kind of an instance early on where I saw music and running and like telling her personal story like all those kind of things coming together I was like I want to do that so
0: she yeah blogs before blogs were a thing yeah What shoe do
2: you run in? I run in, I really like the Adidas Boston Boost. Mm -hmm. That's what I do a lot of my racing in and workouts. Um, It's like a lightweight training shoe. And then my everyday running shoe, I really like the Adidas Supernova Glide. It's just like a really cushy, comfortable shoe. Yeah,
0: that's great. Well, I will let you go. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. And this was yeah. so fun. I mean, yeah. it's just not every day you find this like very talented musician who's also a runner. And it's been fun learning about everything you've been doing.
2: All right. Sounds yeah. good. I'm okay. excited. Thanks, Liz. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. And it was really nice to meet you. You too. Now we're friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. All right. Bye. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Liz, for coming on the show. You guys can follow Liz on social media on Instagram and Twitter. Just follow Pink Feathers. That's it. It's super easy. And you can follow me. I'm on Twitter at Lindsey Hines and Instagram Lindsey Hine 626. Don't forget if you are loving the show, I would appreciate more than anything in the world, a rating and review on iTunes. And if it's something you're interested in, I did start a Patreon page. I'm working hard so that I can hopefully bring on an editor soon and make this podcast the best it can be. And regular listeners of the show, you can support the show, and there will be bonus episodes for those Patreon You guys can find my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Hine. And there's a nice little video in there, too, that I put together while sitting in the car while two of my kids napped. So it's real professional. <laughs> And I do want to thank PrepDish for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Go to PrepDish.com slash another. Use promo code ANOTHER all caps to get your free two-week trial. And you guys go check out Now Foods. Now-2-U.com. Enter code SAVE25% sign to save yeah. 25%. Thank you, Now Foods, for sponsoring. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend. Let's listen to it, Mom. <laughs> Let's listen. Okay. Um, all right, you guys have a wonderful weekend and as always, I will see you next Friday.